Well, good morning. You know, uh, it was birthday time in the Harkness household about a month ago. So if you notice, we're on the birthday theme. We started last week the same way, right? My wife's birthday uh, is in the end of July. And uh, the thing is, is we were going to be on vacation then. So the plan was going to be that mid-vacation, we would end up unfolding some gifts for her. Uh, The kids came to me and they said, we want to make sure that we give mom some gifts that are special from us. Gifts that we have actually picked out and paid for. They were all about the giving of it. So, you know, I had to talk them out of things. Like we went to the store and they're selecting things that are either, you know, like, that's awesome. And then it's like $4,000, you know, like, well, that's great, but that's not quite going to match the budget that we planned. And John was saying, why? What's right? So we go. We ended up making some decisions as we talked through, and the kids were thinking, what does mom need? You know, let's pick gifts that mom really could use. And so for those of you who know my wife, and for those of you who don't, I'll now explain that John is cold if it's below 92 degrees, okay? She's wearing a jacket right now, and she's freezing in here. But John is cold if it's below 90 degrees, and so she constantly needs something to keep her warm. So she's always got blankets and the warmer pajamas and all that stuff. So we ended up selecting some things, like Megan bought her some pajamas, and Alyssa bought her the Snuggie. Do you know what I'm talking about? One of those blankets with the arms through it? Because, heaven forbid, you'd ever have to peel the blanket back to reach for, like, the remote or a glass of water, right? So now your arms are in there, so you can just reach in and keep the blanket on you. You know what I mean? So it's one of those, yeah, we're one of the morons who bought it, okay? So that's us. But you know what? Lissa was excited to be able to pick that gift out for mom. And uh, it was within her budget. She was able to manage it. And we were going to give those gifts on her birthday. Now, that was several days into our vacation that we were going to give it. And so, you know, every day you kind of wake up and just kind of do the, oh, what are we going to do today? You know, that kind of thing. But on Jana's birthday, when Alyssa woke up, her head popped off the pillow. She just like flew up. It's mom's birthday. She jumps off on top of the bed. She runs over, jumps onto our bed. She jumps, happy birthday, mom. It's time to give gifts. Let's give mom the gift. She was just so excited. It was like it was Christmas. It's time to give mom her presents. That's exactly how we need to be giving as well. How can we make that come into our own lives as we give back to the Lord? How can we be giving in a way where we're head, our head is popping off the pillow each day to say, how can I give back to you? I love you so much for what you've done, God. I just want to be giving to you. That is what we're going to look at today. How can I have my life celebrate God in my giving? We're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 15. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 15. You know, the ushers are coming forward. And uh, they've got some Bibles in their hands. They'd love to get one to you. So just raise your hand and we'll get one to you. We're going to walk verse by verse through this passage. So uh, just raise your hand if you don't have a Bible. We'd love to get one to you, okay? That's 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 15. How can we give in order to celebrate God? Let's start out with the first point. Cheerfully give with a willing heart. Cheerful. Give with a willing heart. This is how we start. You know, if you look in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, Paul starts out, he says, the point is this. Now, now the thing is, is he's actually tying it together with what was going on before it. So let's go to the verse before it, verse 5. He says, so I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you and arrange in advance for the gift you have promised so that it may be ready as a willing gift 
uh, not as an exaction. Okay? How often do you use that word exaction? I mean, that's a good CPA kind of word. You know what I mean? Paul was basically saying this. Look, you've said you want to help one church to another. And it is all about the church helping in this world and in this community. It is about getting the church fired up to help. I just want to make sure this doesn't end up a, oh, that's right, we promised that. And so when somebody shows up, you're going, great, let me see if I can help. And all of a sudden, we're giving out of, ne- out of the necessity of being exacted upon. I don't want that. I want it to be out of a willing heart. So I'm going to be collecting early and regularly in order to get prepared for that. That was what Paul was saying, okay? That's just the kind of the context. Now we jump into verse 6. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully he basically jumps to a farming metaphor he says picture it this way you got a thousand acres of farm you take a handful of seed and you whip it out there you're going to get a handful of plants growing up you know what i mean like if that's what you sow then what you'll reap is according to what you sow just remember that So if you have a thousand acres of farm, you might want to plant the whole a thousand acres of farm. If you've got whatever God's called you to, be planting and sowing into it. He's saying if you sow with just a little bit, that's what you'll get is a little bit growing back. Makes a lot of sense, right? So that's all he's saying. Farming metaphor. We've heard the word sow and reap and we tie them to giving all the time. And so we lose it. We drop the farming metaphor. It's just a simple picture. Drop a few seeds, get a few growths. That's what he's saying, okay? So he goes on beyond that. Verse 7. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. And here's where it gets very different. Each one must decide and give from the heart. You see, what God is not saying is, I want you to give out of necessity. I want you to give out of a checklist. He's not saying it's a command and a demand, just do it. Instead, he's saying, you have the privilege. You have the honor of being able to give for a purpose. What is it that you reap when you sow stuff for God? Well, it could be that I reap attention for me. Makes me look pretty good, you know? I help somebody out and people look around and they go, that's a great guy. He helps somebody, you know? So I reap for me. That would be one bogus thing to reap. What else could I reap? Well, I could reap, you know, my whole goal here is to make sure they think really highly of the church. I just want them to think highly of a bunch of people. It's still about attention to us. Or maybe in the end, it's, I want to feel good. I'm going to try to reap some good feelings. I feel better when I've given to a few people. You know what I mean? If you go through life and it's all take, you feel kind of bummed about yourself. You're a little bit of a jerk, so I give a little bit. Why do you give? I give to feel better. It's about me. That's not the reaping that's being talked about here. What's the reaping that's being talked about here? The reaping is simply this, pointing it back to God. The reaping is this. Glory to God Almighty. A thanks to the Almighty who has given into our lives. The reaping is this. Let me tell you how great my God is. That's the reaping. The reaping is when people say, I don't get it. What's going on? You can say, I got a story for you. Let me tell you about my God. Now that is the reaping that's being talked about. The challenge of pointing back to God Almighty with all we have as we go after it. Then he says, please Make sure your heart's engaged, right? He says, give from the heart. In other words, I want you to know me personally and passionately and powerfully. I want you to be changed by an everyday walk with me. And as you're changed by me, trust me, you're going to want to lavish it out on those around you. 
as you really realize how much I'm giving to you, you'll start giving it out. And as you're giving it out, they're going to start asking questions. And as they're asking questions, you can simply say, I'd love to introduce you to the God who has blown me away. Let me tell you about my God. We're to be targeting thanksgiving to him. We're to be targeting glory to God Almighty. Our reaping is about him. Our giving, it's about him. Our heart, it's about him. Our motivation, our passion, our hunger, our desire, it's about him. Now that is giving for the Almighty. It's not about checking a box. It's not about feeling good in the end. It does happen. You do feel great when you see God work, but it's all about him and the thanksgiving to him. Amen? That's a great starting point. He says, give cheerfully. Next, pra- next phrase there. He says, basically, I want you to give as you decide in your heart, not reluctantly or under compassion. You know what reluctant giving looks like? It's like when you go and you're in the little two-year-old's room, you know, and there's a couple of two-year-olds and they're playing together. And you say, now, Billy, I want you to share with Susie. You know what I'm talking about? And you reach down and Billy's holding on to something. And you're like, come on, Billy, share. And you're like having to, and then you hand it over here. You go, good job, Billy, way to share. You know what I mean? And Billy's like, I wasn't sharing. Give it back. You know what I mean? That's reluctant. I don't want to give it up. I'm holding it all the way out. Fine. And you let go. Reluctant giving under compulsion. It's being ripped away from you. That's not what we're going after. What we're going after is a heart that says, I can't believe the giving that's come into my life. Let me pour some giving out. Let me just look around and see who I might share with. What, what needs can I give into the church with? How can I be building up this body in ways financially? That's what it's all about. It's about getting excited about what God's doing and pouring back into him giving, not under compulsion, not reluctantly. It says, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now this Greek word here, it actually means a hilarious giver. It does. The Greek word literally means somebody who goes, I just love doing this. You're laughing, you're joyous, you're having a blast doing it. You just can't believe you get to actually do that, to give, to share. This is awesome. It's like waking up on a vacation and going, it's birthday day. It's time to give. And you jump on the next bed next to you and go, it's time to show. I I just can't wait to give to you. Reluctant giving misses the whole point. It's about cheerful, hilarious, excited, involved, engaged, happy giving. Why? Because that's who God is. Because that's his character. He loves giving cheerfully. He gives hilariously. Who is our God? This is not him. Oh, brother, another day of giving. Got to get involved in somebody's life and help them out again. That's not God. God Almighty, he's saying this. Watch this one. You won't believe how I'm going to turn heads. Watch how we can change a heart here and a touch and a shift and a move. Watch how I can move here. Can you believe? We are going to see people dancing for joy in a moment. Check this out. And then give into it. He loves giving hilariously. He lavishes into my life and into your life. He is simply saying this. Model me. I'm a cheerful giver. I love to give and give and give and give. Model me. Be ready to hand out and make an impact around you. Why? To bring back the glory to him to bring back the thanksgiving to him. Don't ever lose sight of it. It's always about him. We're bringing it back to him. We're not giving so people say, thank you, you're very generous. That was amazing. 
Oh, praise be to God. He's providing, we're just sharing. It's his. Let's just celebrate the almighty giver. Amen? Give cheerfully. Give hilariously. Just loving to watch God work with whatever monies you share, with whatever possessions you share. Just loving to see hearts coming around to him. God at work, and he is actually giving you the chance to be a part of it. Cheerful giving. That's what the plan is all about. You say, well, I'm not sure that I actually get that. How does that work? John Piper said it this way. There are two hearts. There's the selfish heart and the sharing heart. Where do they come from? Usually, selfish heart is someone who perceives God to be a taker, a demander, a controller. They feel like they're in the game of life and they're playing spoons. Do you know what I'm talking about? That game where everybody's holding like four cards and you always have to pass one card to the left in a circle and it comes back around and you're trying to match up. And once you get four numbers matched in a row, you reach out and you grab a spoon, but there's one less spoons than there are people. And as soon as you grab, everybody else grabs and there's one person left without it. Like you're out and that person's out and you shrink the circle by one and you throw a spoon away. Still one short, right? And do it again and you're out and do it again and you're out and until you get down to two people and it's the ultimate selfish game. Once somebody else has grabbed, you grab because you don't want to be the one without. Take. That's the game of spoons. A lot of us feel like we're in the game of spoons in life. We feel like God's on the take. He's demanding, he's commanding, and he's taking. And I don't get what he's doing. I just take for myself. Otherwise, I'm in trouble. So I cover me. I got my spoon. That's when we're holding on tight. Well, when do we share? We share when we see that God is actually not playing the game of spoons. That he's giving that he's lavishing, that he's pouring out, that when everybody's diving into spoons, he goes, there's not enough for us. You go ahead and take one. God is the ultimate giver and sharer. And as we understand properly who he is in our lives, that's when we turn and start becoming the giver ourselves. Selfishness starts going away when we're in a safe zone. Let's put it that way. And when we don't feel safe, we start keeping to self. The more we feel him as a giver and sense him as pouring into our lives, the more we begin to pour out. Question, who's God in your life? Is he the taker or the giver? If you see him as a taker, I guarantee you this. You're not looking at him correctly. You're probably trying to go your own way against the grain and you're trying to demand your way into his life. He's got the greatest plan you could ever imagine. Just fall in with him and watch him blow you away. He is not a taker. He is the ultimate giver. Any rules he applies to our life are simply this, safety nets to protect us from being hurt. Do you want to meet the giver of all givers? Do you want to be changed by the Almighty and see him and be blown away? It's the only way to have the cheerful heart. We give out of having met him, been poured into by him, and we're just overflowing and we share with those around us. Come and meet him, the giver of all givers. Shift, even today, even right now, you might be saying, I'm not seeing him that way. Now's the moment. It's time to lean into him and watch him pour upon you all that you need. We serve a very giving God. Let's give cheerfully with a willing heart. Second point, not just cheerful, but available. Allow God to give through you. Available. Allow God to give through you. We'll start right here at verse 8. 
It says, and God is able to make, now get ready for this. God is ready to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Whoa, that's a lot of alls, don't you think? He starts it again. Let me, let me just repeat it. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. All right, let's break it down. He's able to make all grace, you know, the very core of who he is, the whole of him being poured out into us, the infinite being poured into the finite grace, God giving what we don't deserve grace lavishing out upon us, not because we have earned it. We don't deserve it just because he loves, just because he loves you and he wants your heart so close to him. He pours out all of his grace. But more than that, it says in all sufficiency, you know, the needs that you have, all your needs. Don't, it doesn't say in all your wants, all your comforts. It says in all your sufficiency, the things you need in order to survive and thrive. He's pouring into you in all things. Kind of obvious at all times. God at work in you. How often do we go through a day and we go through the entirety of the day and we completely ignore the fact that God has been giving all grace and all sufficiencies in all things at all times to us. And we miss the boat. The great giver impacting you and me. God at work in our lives. Now that is worth celebrating. He goes on, well, how, well, how do we get this available piece? Here's where it comes from, all right? It says in verse nine, as it is written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. This comes right out of Psalm 112, verse 9. It's a psalm that's about the righteous th thriving and surviving. And basically the promise is this. You need to know, God is righteous. And his righteousness never stops. That's why when you look back at the end of verse 8, it says, abound in every good work. You're actually, when you get lavished upon, it's not so you can keep. You're not a dead-end street on the round of giving. You know what I'm saying? God's not coming in and pouring it on you so that you can go, mine, and keep it all to yourself. He's saying it's there so that you can say to do every good work. As it comes in, it goes out. Our righteous God, it, his righteousness endures forever. And so should our works and our actions be a thanksgiving offering back to him as he pours in. As he pours all, 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 we continue to let it flow out to those around us. Every good work making an impact for the Almighty. It says here, uh, verse 10, following up that, he says, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. In other words, he's the beginning, middle, and end of your giving. Let me just make this clear. He's giving the seeds. He's giving the bread. He's multiplying and giving the increase. He's giving the harvest in the end. The whole of this is about God, him lavishing into your life. You have a privilege to glorify him, to thank him, to bring attention back to him, to say, my God is unbelievable in my life. He is shaping me. He is changing me. He is making me excited for him. And I just want to give simply to say, that's his character. Let me introduce you to a little piece of him. Giving to draw attention back to him. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. It says simply here that we need to recognize him is supplying the seed, him is supplying the bread, him is supplying and multiplying the harvest, 
basically it's about him. Amen? It's not about us. We can draw attention to ourselves, but it's not about us. Verse 11. This is the sentence you may want to underline. What an example of giving. Verse 11. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. You will be enriched in every way to be, purpose clause, generous in every way. I am pouring into you so that you can be pouring into others. Why? Because he's basically saying this. Put your hand in the middle, everybody. Here's the game plan. We're going to let everybody know who I am. And here's how we're going to do it. I am a giver. Pour into people. As I pour into you, just turn and pour into others. Let your time, let your talents, let your very treasures, the physical things you have, the monies you have, let them show others that I am a giver. How? By being a giver. The game plan here is I'm giving to you and you give to them and we're all giving. Everybody get the game plan? Go. That's it. We are enriched to be generous. We have been poured into to be able to pour out into others. It's that simple. This is not about giving under compulsion and reluctant. Remember? This is about being so warmed up, so excited, so passionate, so in love with who he is and what he's doing that we just want to let others know. And the best way is to model his character. This is a giving God. Let me reflect his giving nature by giving myself. Amen? You catching it? That was a soft amen. Amen? That's what it's about. It's God at work in us so that we can be at work in this world. Not reluctantly, but excitedly, hilariously, under compulsion. No way. It's under excitement for who he is. May I share the truth of my God. He says here, he increases the harvest. In verse 11, we underlined, he enriched in every way to be generous in every way. Now here we go. Which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Remember when I said in the beginning, it's about thanksgiving to him? I wasn't making it up. Here's where it comes from. It produces thanksgiving to God. The end of verse 11. Why are we giving? Why are we giving? Why are we giving? It's simply to produce thanksgiving to our God. May we constantly be pointing up vertically and saying, he is amazing. You need to know him. He has shaped me. He has changed me. You need to know this almighty God. He will rock your world. He is sacrificial. He is loving. He is giving. He wants to make your life completely different than you've ever experienced. Praise be to God. That's why we give, to draw thanksgiving back to him. It's our key goal. Be available. Allow God to give through you. It says here right in verse 12, for the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but it is also overflowing in many thanksgiving to God. It is supplying the needs of the saints so that it can turn attention back to him in thanksgiving. We supply the needs of the saints not because we're humanitarian. We really like people, and so we give to people, and then we're done. That's, not, that's humanitarian. It's about making people like people. It's about making people feel more comfortable in this world. Humanitarian efforts. When we are about drawing attention to God, we are giving so that they can understand that there is somebody behind our giving. We have been moved by the Almighty. We have been changed because he's a giver. And we give that they might sense that taste, that touch of what it is to have someone give and say, I don't get it. Let me know more. And we can lead them right to who Jesus Christ is. Thanksgiving is our end goal. May we give that he gets the credit, not us. It's all about him.
Praise be to God. It's basically this simple. God doesn't need our money. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, seriously, he spoke and the world's in existence. Does he need a little cash from us? It's, it's kind of silly, right? I mean, come on. Why is he doing it then? What's it about? It's simply this. He is saying, I could touch and your life will be different. I'm going to touch and your life is going to be different. But I'm going to take this hand and I'm going to use your hand. And the two of us together are going to touch and a life will be different. And as our hand is with his hand, as we are in the midst of that miracle and we are standing right there, our hand is a part of his hand moving. We begin to sense the power of the almighty, the love of the almighty. We get to know him in a way we've never known him before. He's saying, come here. I want you to experience what it is to make this change. Watch me move. Be a part of it. God is about ready to rock the world. And our hand, our little tiny hand in, the, in his huge almighty hand is used to make an impact. He is saying, come with me. Share along with me. Take the joy with me. Enjoy this ride with me. You watch. You're going to know me like you've never known me before. It's a privilege to be able to live out the character of God here on earth. That's what he's saying. I want you to be available. Allow God to work through you. You know, some of you actually might be saying, all right, it's a giving thing. And I'm wondering like how much, what are we going to say to that? I'm just telling you right now, this is not about how much. It's about the heart. You know, I will tell you this. There is like before the, before the Old Testament law, Abraham, he's in a war. He wins. He believes God has totally helped him in that. So he takes the spoils of that war and he shares 10% out with Melchizedek, a priest. He gives a first fruits, 10%. In the law, when God is mandating, hey, I'm asking you to be balanced in what you're doing. Part of the balance is in the giving. And the giving was 10%. Okay? So we got some great examples in Old Testament of giving that's 10%. But I want you to know this. In the New Testament, you never see the word 10%. You don't see it come up except to refer to the Old Testament. Why? Because there's a whole new style of giving going on. As a matter of fact, if you look at some of the givings, they're giving up half and all, and they're, they're big numbers. What? It's not about the percentages. It's about the heart. It's about understanding that we have a God who's pouring into us all that he's got, and we're not going, okay, so what, do you want a tenth then? Well, there you go. There's a tenth back. That's not what it's about. We're missing the point. It's about him pouring into us and having the, us having the joy of being able to share back out and just say, we serve a great giving God. Praise be to him. Be, be wise about what you're doing. Be careful. You don't want to hurt your home and your home has to be able to survive and you have to be able to pay your debts and all that stuff. So just be wise about the giving that's being done. But at the same time, don't just look for a number. Don't just look for a percentage and check off and move on. Give hilariously. Where is God taking your hand and saying, it's about time to make a move here. Do you want to be a part? Look for where God's beginning to lift your hand up and raise you in so that you can see him move in this church or wherever that he is going to impact. It's time to watch the hand of God moving with your hand. Be available. Be amazed as the Almighty works through you and some giving that he's offered and allowed you so that you can always point back to him and say, praise be to God. Thanks be to God. You know, I would say it this way. I've got... $30 cash in my pocket here. $30 cash. 
And uh, I'm going to give this to somebody. And uh, it's yours to keep. $30 cash, Dave. $30 cash, man. I don't want it back. $30 cash, all right? That's all the green in my pocket, just so you know. $30 cash. All right. When we give, we're just saying, praise be to God. And we're giving. And then all of a sudden, we're going along and we go, I'm sorry, did I hear you right? We have a need for $10. We have a need. Is there anybody here who'd be willing to share $10? And Dave's hand goes up, strangely. Right? How many of us thought the name Dave? Right? Isn't that how it happens? When you've been given to, you have $10 to share, Dave? You, oh, you have $30. No, I want 10 Thank you anyway, though. You get to keep 20 I appreciate it, Dave. $10 to be shared. Why is this a big deal? Because when we get the understanding that being given something just gives us a great opportunity to share out, that being given something allows us to be able to say, hey, I'd love to help with that. And she doesn't even want to take it. There we go. $10. Thanks, Dave. You know, we can give out of what God has given us. And as God pours into our lives, we have the opportunity to just look around and say, God, where would you like me to pour into? How can I pour into the church? What impact can I make with some giving here from my treasures? You've shared with me. I want to share with you. Take my hand and let it be feeling the heartbeat of the Almighty. May we move together. May you get the glory. Share with me, Lord, so that I can share with others. That's what it's about. May we be enriched so that we can give out of our generosity. Are you ready? Are you ready to share and give? Are you ready to share from your generosity? Are you ready to be blown away as God moves? You know, I, uh, I'm just going to throw an illustration in here that I kind of floated in the first point in the first service, but we, uh, we ended up having some backpacks collected. Do you remember this? A couple weeks back, we said, hey, let's collect some backpacks. There's some kids in East Peoria that don't have any backpacks, and we'd love to give to them. And we'd love to just lavish upon them. What does that look like to give cheerfully, to be available to give? And uh, so we said, we need 75 backpacks. This church body came up with, I forget what it was, 103 or something like that. So well over the 75. Each backpack cost $30, $35, whatever it was, to buy and stuff with what was needed in it. I mean, I'm telling you, it was like, we need three notebooks, we need a couple pencils, that kind of thing. And, and, and what we came back with was people going, okay, three notebooks, ah, put five more in, you know? Or, oh, there needs to be some pens, ah, why don't we throw scissors, put a protractor in there, I'm sure they need that. There's some high C, that looks good too. Like, I'm telling you, these backpacks were packed full. I'm telling you, these people were giving hilariously. They were giving enjoyably, just walking down the line, dropping stuff in, trying to zip it up, going, oh, that doesn't fit. We'll take that out. We'll get a smaller one. Put that one in there. Just zipping it up full to the brim of giving. We had boxes and boxes of extras that were just sitting there, you know, extra pencils, extra pens, extra paper, just on the side for those that will need them throughout the year. Praise be to God. And as the women's ministry was out there at these schools giving, they were able to just stand on the side. And as the leadership of the schools talked to people and they found a need, they would direct them over to the table and they would come over and talk to some of the people from Harvest. And we were able to give backpacks, brand new backpacks filled to the brim, ready to just take home to the kids. The parents were blown away with the kindness of it, the hilarious giving in it. Here's a little note that I've got from it. It just says, Dear Harvest Bible Chapel, Thank you so much for the book bags and school supplies you furnished for our students. The students were so excited to get a brand new book bag with a new crayons for school. 
Approximately 80 book bags stayed with me at Lincoln School. I sent 20 to my sister's school for the younger siblings of those children. Again, we see how God works to meet our needs. I am blessed by your generosity. Both Brad and I, thank you. You know, we had no idea that 25 extra backpacks were needed, but that's what was given and that's exactly what was needed. Think God knew that? That's what it's all about, is we just give hilariously. We just give willingly. We just put ourselves out there and be available and watch God work. Are you ready for the Almighty to take your hand and hold it down in this world with someone and create a miracle? Are you ready for him to use you in his time and his way to share the alls that he shared with you? All of his grace, all the sufficiency, all those things in all the time. And now you get a chance to share out. That's the privilege that we have. What a great opportunity. Are you ready to come alongside God and draw attention to him as we just say, wow, thank you, Lord. So first, it's be cheerful. Second, it's be available. Third, it's be thankful. Thankful. Celebrate God as the ultimate giver of all givers. Celebrate God as the ultimate giver of givers. Be thankful. You know, we're just going to start right here in uh, verse 12 or 13. He says, by, the approval, uh, by their approval of the service, they will glorify God because of your submission. Because of your submission. Are you hearing it? They are able to actually see God and understand him because you are putting yourselves underneath the leadership and the love and the authority of God Almighty. And as you allow God to work through you, they're seeing more of God. Your submission actually teaches and trains them, and they can then glorify God. Praise be his name that we glorify God. It says not only the submission, but also the confession of the gospel of Jesus Christ will help them to glorify God. As we share, we need to be ready to give a little bit of hope statement. What is the confession of Jesus Christ and his uh, good news? What is that gospel? It's simply this, that we all, have come up short. We've all shot that air ball, right? Romans 3.23. And what's the penalty of it? It's eternal separation from God Almighty. We serve a holy and righteous God. And he simply says this, in my righteousness, I cannot overlook wrongdoing. I will not overlook wrongdoing, which means it's eternal separation from all mankind for all eternity. And that's the end. But a holy God wants more than that. He reaches out in his love and his mercy. And he says, I'll make the payment for you. I want to make a replacement payment available. He's saying, my righteousness demands it. My love and mercy will provide it. And it puts him at the position of the cross. Jesus Christ making a payment available for you and for me. God becoming man, paying with his shed blood on the cross, saying, I love you. But God demonstrated his own love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Christ died for us. What's it all about? It's about Jesus Christ lavishing out upon us a love and an opportunity forgiveness for forgiveness. And all we need to do is turn towards him. What we need to do is say simply this. I am sorry. Please forgive me for going the wrong direction. Please use your shed blood to replace my payment. I now want to run hard after you. You are my God. You are my way. You are my love. I am giving my life to you. We direct ourselves back to him 
and ask for his forgiveness through his shed blood on the cross. Confession of the gospel. It brings glory to God. It brings glory to God. So how do we bring glory to God? How is he glorified? First in our submission, second in the confession, and last in the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. Giving to the needs of the church, giving to the needs of others around. Your generosity is going to mirror the very image of Christ. When we talk about giving, we can start talking about checklists and boxes. And man, have we missed it. It is simply this. We serve an almighty. We serve a life-changing, world-rocking, sacrificing, loving, giving God. And he is pouring into our lives and he is pouring in each and every day, each and every way. And we can be changed, not just for the moment, but for all eternity. And in the midst of that, may we never just keep it to ourselves. May it well up within us and may we constantly be looking for those ways to say, God, I am blown away with who you are. May I just be a part of you touching another life. Lord, how do you want me used? How can I use my talents or my time? How can I use my treasures, the gifts you've given me, the monies you've given me? Lord, how can I be saying simply this? You are worth it. You are amazing. You have overwhelmed me. And I simply want to be a part of whatever plan you have going. To God be the glory, bringing him the thanks and the glory in the end. That's the plan of giving. That's what it's all about. Verse 14, while they long for you and pray for you because of your uh, surpassing grace of God upon you, God constantly pouring on us, what's the end result? Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. The inexpressible, you know, I can't even put it into words. That's what it means. Like, I don't even know how to say this. It's so big. This morning I was handed this and, uh, Dorothy Belzer, just, we were praying together before the services like we always do, and uh, she handed me this, and it's just a phenomenal close for where I'm at. It says, Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Now, how do we say thank you, God? Blessings and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Revelation chapter 7, verse 12. God knows how to write. You know what I'm saying? How do we say thank you, Lord? You are an amazing God. Your gift is inexpressible. I want to use the whole of me to say thanks to you. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Thanks be to God. When I read this one more time at the end, just say these words with me. Thanks be to God. Blessing and glory and honor and wisdom and thanksgiving and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Thanks be to God. Let's make sure that we are always saying thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. I'll just close with this simple illustration. There was a church down south. They were doing an outdoor uh, service. And they decided that the way they would say thank you, praise God, is everybody had a helium balloon, blue balloon filled with helium. And they would sit out there during the service. And whenever they were moved by the Lord, whenever they were inspired by him, whenever they got a better, deeper grasp of who he was, whenever they had a thank you moment, just release that balloon to the sky. And throughout the service, you'd see the blue balloons going here and there at different times. 
unfortunately, at the end of the service, still a third of the people were sitting there holding on to their balloon. May we never be that church. May we never be in a spot where we aren't giving our thank yous back to him. We're just holding on tight. We're thinking about our pain, our problem, me, me, me. May we always be saying, God is giving back into us. Praise be to God and give it up. May we constantly be be releasing balloons of thank yous all day long throughout every day. Every day you go through has got great opportunities for thank yous. You know, usually we think about a day and we go, eh, I'll judge this day a thank you day or a, oh man, kind of day. You know what I mean? It's like one or the other. There's a million things to be thankful for throughout the day. Allow the thank yous to go up regularly and repeatedly. Bring glory to the ultimate giver of givers. Constantly be thinking this way. How can I say thank you, Lord, for what you're doing for me? It's going to affect what we do with our treasures. May we give cheerfully. May we give availably. Be willing to let them use your hands. And may we give with pure thank you in mind. It is always about thank you, God, and glory to your name. Everything we do, everywhere we go, let's just be overwhelmed with the giving of who God is and simply share it out with a great, big, amazing God. Thank you. Let's pray.